Front Porch Radio presents Circle Unbroken with Taft Ayers. I was standing by my window on one cold and cloudy day when I saw that hers come rolling for to carry my mother away well here we are with another episode of my my favorite show circle unbroken oh man if it was my favorite show i'd be in real trouble uh welcome back we're glad you're here i'm your host taft Ayers, and i'm joined in by my man hot mike hello sir good afternoon how are you it's a great day it is a great day. I've been I've been all over the joint. Uh been been flying, been traveling, been trying not to eat too much. Um I'm back in the saddle. Coach, I got back yesterday and immediately I flew in and for those people that know Middle Tennessee, I flew in to Nashville. Then, you know, you get a little bit, you know, tired from from flying, but I flew into Nashville, jumped in a car and drove to Columbia. Then drove to Murfreesboro, then drove to Columbia. It was like a W. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It was. If you're going to go wild. to Murfreesboro, why don't you just go from had, the airport? I had been gone. <laughs> and there were a couple of things I needed to tie up here, and I knew I had about three hours before, you know, two and a half before I needed to be in Murfreesboro, and so I just looked at it and I went, I put, I put it in my GPS and I went, I can do this, I can do this. And boy, I'm going to tell you something. I went to bed last night and my wife goes, are you just ready to crash? And I said, baby, I'm done. And so I'm about out. And since I'm glad I, she asked you that after you got off the plane. Yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah that's, that's right, coach. Yeah, whoa, okay, okay, let's talk about this. And I don't want to be flippant, but I flew on 9-11. And so I'm in the airport. Um, I'm okay. I'm okay. I was more ready to get off the plane than I've ever been when it was time, right? Like I was ready mm-hmm. to, to finish just because of, you know, everything that's in the back of your head on a day like that. Well, the flight, my flight to Kansas City was, it had 70 empty seats. And so, I mean, we're all like sprawled out doing jumping jacks in our seats. Like it was great. The flight back had zero empty it seats. It was packed. Yeah. Yep. No big deal. Totally get it. However... The way that I landed, pun totally intended, by a certain fella, it was a guy who decided, it's not a long flight from Kansas City to Nashville, but the whole flight, he watched a documentary on 9-11. And he, he watched it on a big tab, uh, tablet, excuse me, right next to me. And so I, I'm the king of falling asleep, the king of it. But he had these earbuds in that were loud. And and so, so I, you I, got start, the whole show. I started to fall asleep and it'd be like, yeah. and I look over and go, oh my word! So so yeah, Coach, I I could not wait to get home. What a day! I mean, that's a day that just puts so many emotions in everybody. The the remember when aspect of it, um, the ideas now of people that try to water it down and try to water it down. And I'm not even going political, but but people that try to try to almost do everything that they can in order for us to not really think about what happened and to not think about 
the unity piece. I mean, the way that everybody was united together. And one of the things about it is that the way that people came together, they, let me, let me put it this way, they gave each other space to grieve, gave each other room uh, to go through whatever emotions that they had together. But then post 9-11, everybody gave each other a little bit of grace. They did. Uh, they gave people right afterwards, oh, you feel this way. Oh, you feel that way. Oh, you have this inclination. Oh, you have that. And like the country came together and the country came together and we wound up blowing it down the road. But it was a moment of let's work together. It was a moment of, hey, let's let's have this space together so that, so that we can operate. And I've, I've thought about that forever. I've thought about the word grace so much, not just connected to 9-11, but the word grace in general and, and what it means. The, and that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about this today on Circle Unbroken because in the space of business, in the space of church, in the space of community, there is always a need to give each other grace. There is always a need to extend grace to other people. And I want to ask the listener right now, if you're religious or not, okay, if you're religious or not, I want to ask you what you think about when you think about grace, what it means to give somebody grace. And in a secular realm, the idea of grace is this, you know what, I'm going to let you off the hook. You know what, I'm going to not hold you fully accountable for this situation because there is an impact and there is a consequence, but I'm going to let you off. I'm going to let you off. I'm going to lessen it a little bit for you. If somebody asks for grace uh, when it comes to something being turned in late, right? You're a school teacher coach. Uh, Somebody's turned in something late. Sometimes the grace will be, hey, you've got one more day to turn it in. Sometimes the grace period will be you can turn it in with a five-point reduction as opposed to a zero, whatever it might be. Some people, I found this with my children for sure, and I'll pretend like their father never did it, uh, they build in the grace. They build it in. Like, I really want to do this, but I need to make a 94, and you know what? If I if I give myself another day, it'll only be a 95 because they're going to give me these points. I'm like, listen, listen, that's assuming that your product is perfect. That's assuming yeah. what you have here. Uh, we build in grace on lots of things. You drive down the road. Drive down the road, and the speed limit is 70. People usually don't say, oh, the speed limit is 70, so I'll go 69. What they usually do is they know, I've got some grace. I've got I've got some, some things that, that build up here. Growing up for me... My teaching, and I won't say which parent taught it to me, but I was taught eight miles per hour over. That, that's what I always taught. So I'm always taught that. I always factor it in. I think that was like their safe nest. You know, if it's 60, you can go up to 68. I was, I was, I was told by a law enforcement officer. Same number? Point, five. Five, okay. He well, said simply because when, you know, the, the, Either they use a clock stopwatch uh-huh. or they use a radar gun. He said there's always a, a, a five mile an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are they? Uh, what is it? Uh, window. A window. Not not window of error, but it's the cushion. No, in 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 statistics, it's a uh, you know it's a give or take. That, okay. 
You know, okay. it's going to be some. It's going to be pretty accurate within this window. That that variable there. Yeah, and yeah. he says five miles an hour, okay. give or take, is, well, is going to be. He goes, you know, unless you're being erratic or something like yeah. that. Uh, he said, we're we're probably not going to get too too worked up about that because a speedometer, your speedometer may read you're under the line where my radar gun says you're three right. over, right, or something like that. Sure. And he goes, that's not it. Now, twenty. You're, right, you've blown. You're going to see. Blown. You're going to see blue lights. You know, you've you've nuked your grace period there. Well, here's what's funny, Coach, is that my parent that taught me that about it uh, taught me about this. And so one day I hit him with it. I couldn't stand it anymore. And I said, "But the, but it says speed limit." And they said, "Yeah." I go, "Doesn't limit mean the most that you can go?" And he goes, "Yeah." Well, I think I just blew it by saying he. Uh, but then it was this: if you give me a limit. Uh, for spending, if you give me a limit for how late I can stay out, it's not <laughs> I get eight over. It's not that I get more. Limit means the most you can go. And I've always said this to people that get mad. Coach, I drive so slow now. Like, because I had my years. I had my years where it was terrible. I drive so slow now. And they're like, hey, buddy, if you're going to do this, you need to. And I'm like, hey, the sign says limit. Limit means most. And so those of you that are hearing this right now, leave the people in the left lane alone. Leave, leave them alone if they're not going to Talladega. They just believe that it says limit. All right, this is coming from the old guy. So Yeah, and, and their comment is, okay, fine, you can do that. Just stay over in the right lane. Right, you get over there. <laughs> you get over there with the obedient people. Sinners are in the left lane. So that's what we're going to talk about today, y'all. We're going to talk about grace in so many forms because, well, like I said, whether or not you're religious, if, let's just, let's just camp out for a minute. If you're not a religious person um, and you have extended, been extended grace, before i want you to know this you have a little taste of our world if you've been extended grace before and then you've wondered how can somebody believe in a god how can somebody believe in you know the creation um redemption all the different religious terms think about that feeling that you felt when there was something that you deserved when there was something that should have happened to you and somebody extended grace to you that's what the religious person that really taps into an energy, into a power, but is supposed to believe in every single day. But grace is something, like we said, religious or not, that changes the dynamic. It changes the power. It, it's a shift for everybody because someone decides to extend grace. You've heard this before in, in the terms of the government and in, in law enforcement, when somebody pardons somebody when somebody says hey we're not going to do this anymore there's an exercise of grace there's an exercise of mercy so i want to really spend some time today talking about the power of grace the power of grace when you decide that you are going to exercise something i i believe and i spent a weekend talking about this i believe that with god all things are possible i do a hundred percent do i also believe that it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. It means that God says all things are possible, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. So sometimes when you're in the middle of your hard, you think to yourself this, God, you said all things are possible, but it doesn't feel very probable, you know, right, right now. I'm in the middle of my tough. Well, there's things to do when you're in the middle of your hard. One of the things that you need to do is you need to back up and you need to let God be God. You need to say, hey, I'm getting in the way of this. I need to back up and do that. And the way in which we do that is we take a moment to say, okay, let's think about grace. 
Let's think about what grace means. Let's think about the fuel that it is in my life and other people's life. So I want to camp out here. I want to read a Bible verse today. And the Bible verse comes from Ephesians chapter 2. It's Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm going to set it up for you before I read it to you. Some of you may have heard this before. For some of you, it may be a first time, first time listen here. But in Ephesians chapter 2, there's something that takes place. And what takes place is a recognition that we were dead and now we're alive. Okay, I want you all to hear this. You were dead and now you're alive. If that happened in real terms and real talk in like a daily language, that would be the equivalent of you going to a funeral. And you go to a funeral and everybody's mourning that person and all of a sudden they get up. Well, after you're freaked out and after you're looking at it going, whoa, what is this? That would be something that you would talk about all the time. You would tell everybody what happened. And that person would be living proof of the fact that they got up. Now, think about this in the religious sense. I want to go to Ephesians chapter 2 and I want to start reading in verse 4. But because, this is Ephesians 2, verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. I want you to hear this for a minute. I want you to hear this, and I just don't want you to feel all churchy. I just don't want you to hear this and think, okay, he's preaching, and he's just nailing us with Scripture. You you were dead in your transgressions. What that means is that where you are right now, when you're hearing this right now, you feel stuck. You feel like you're in a dead end. You feel like you're in a spot where you're going, it's dark, and there ain't nobody turn the light on. You feel in a spot where you say, my tires are in the mud, and they're just spinning right? There's no way that I can move. Grace says, you're not going to be able to get out. And then all of a sudden, here comes some assistance. You know what I'm saying, yep. Coach? It's powerful. Oh, yeah. Uh, one thing that might help the listeners to understand how that works and whatever is to understand the uh, the origin of the word death. Oh, if sure. If you are dead, the word death doesn't mean end. Yeah. It means separation. Right. Okay, so when we die a physical death, our life force is separated from our body. Yes, yes. Okay, doesn't and so uh, you know, and, and where this came up in, in my life and, and in my teaching was when you know in, in the book of Genesis it says that you know right. whenever you eat this fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, on that day you shall right. surely die. Right. And someone goes, well, they didn't die; they lived for hundreds of years afterwards. Yeah, they did. They there was a separation between them and God at that point. So they literally died. If I take that that meaning, every time I walk out of a room, I die to that room. Oh, sure. And then, yes, I can come back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Grace is that doorway. Right. Right. And so when you know, our sin separates, we've kind of been taken out of the room where Christ is, and grace basically says Christ keeps the door open. Right. And allows you back in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if you understand that, you know, death is separation. It's not an ending. Right. Right. And, and there's, uh, it took me a little while to understand that in my life. But once I understood it, then the gospel became such a, okay, now this makes sense. Now, okay, now I can understand how this happens. And yes, I, you know, in the business world and all that stuff, it was, 
uh, you know, teaching world where I was, that became, oh, okay, I can, you know, I've got this student who's separated from my goal or from the class goal. What can I do to bring him back in? Right. And, and sometimes it was. It was extending grace. It was, okay, hey, I know your circumstances. I'm going to allow you some grace here on this deadline. Right. Or there was limited grace where, sure. yeah, I'm going to extend it, but there's going to be right. a penalty to right. it. Uh, once you understand, death is a separation. Death is not an end. Right. Now grace and the gospel and everything that the religious world kind of teaches all of a sudden falls. If you, once you understand it, it will fall in place. And what it does is it, there's a concept that we've got to know. Grace, there, there's a Christian song that even says this, grace wins every time. Like, like that, that's what it does when it's extended. It wins. And to use Coach's illustration here, it's when I think about death, I'll oftentimes think about somebody who is murdered, somebody who is put down, somebody who is killed, somebody who has a sickness that takes over them. And, and here's what happens. Grace comes in. And if there's a gun pointed at you, grace comes in and relieves all the bullets from the gun, like takes them away. The power of grace, it takes the ammunition away for anything that separates you, for anything that is evil and anything done like this. And it says in verse 6, it says, for it is by grace that you have been saved. And God, I want you to hear this before we go into the break, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. I want the people that are listening to this right now, again, again, if you're religious and if you're not, I want to be fair to the audience. I want you to understand hope, hope that comes from grace. For the believer, it's this. God raised me up. God God brought me up. To, to use what Coach said earlier, God brought me back, okay? He set me back right Okay, for those of you that are not religious at home, you got something that's just off track. You got something that's just not working. You got something that needs to be reset, that needs to be refocused. When when somebody extends you grace, that's what happens. Well, when somebody extend, extends you grace, they set you back on the right course, puts you back on the right path. And if here on Circle Unbroken, we're talking about faith and business and community, which one of those areas would not be made better by somebody extending grace. Man, it would make a church actually smell like the product that it pushes. It would make the community be a place where people understand each other. We have all these unity rallies. Sometimes we have them with no grace, with no, oh, you see it this way. Oh, I see it this way. Let's let's come together. And in business, think about how much better you would perform if somebody above you extended you grace if somebody above you not not gave you a a lane to just destruct and a lane to fail but gave you grace so that you could grow into who it is that you need to be we're going to come back here on circle unbroken thinking about grace and hope that it's a great motivator for you in your life stick with us come on back on circle unbroken
Kiwanis Club member Suzanne Ganser. The Kiwanis Club and Main Street Columbia are partnering to put on a fall fest with a chili cook-off downtown Saturday, September 30th from 3 to 7 o'clock. Come enjoy the music, taste the chili, and enter the cook-off. Proceeds raised by the Kiwanis go to local kids' charities. For more information or to enter the cook-off, go to the Columbia Kiwanis Facebook page. Come to enjoy the food and music at this family-friendly event. We hope to see you there. This is Coach Trader's Golf from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or parksmotorsales.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless sparkles like the sun. They're timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life could be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled. But then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. 
Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big, no tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113 or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM-FM, Columbia, Tennessee. been talking today about grace here on circle of broken for those of you that don't know i'm your host taft Ayers, and i've got my man my preacher friend my brother in christ my runner of the board my head coach my assistant coach he's been all the things he's a husband a father a grandfather all the stuff ladies and gentlemen coach mike Good afternoon. <laughs> How do I live up to all that? Well, here's what I want people to know. There's somebody in the <laughs> truck right now. There's somebody at work right now. You know what they're mistakenly thinking? I'm just me. They're thinking, I'm just a dude. They're thinking, I'm just this lady. The greatest thing that you will ever be is a child of God's grace. Ever. Sorry. That's, that's the greatest title that you're ever going to have. And you know what? It's a powerful thing, and it reminds you of all the other titles you carry. It reminds you of all the other things that you have. And here's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to change the way you see other people when you think about grace. Coach, I'm going to tell them a story here in this town. Uh, I was a full-time minister for years, and I moved to this town, and there was a specific church that I went to a couple times, and it was different. It was different than other churches I had gone to. And here's what I mean by saying it was different. This was a church that had a theme, and the theme was basically this. Here at this church, judgment ends and restoration begins. I I want you all to know something. I loved it. And when I say I loved it, I thought to myself, somebody is preaching the gospel. You know, like I was just pumped. Judgment ends here. Restoration begins. So one day, I'm not a full-time minister anymore. I'm sitting as a congregant there. I'm listening to the message being preached. I'm drinking it up, lapping it up, thinking, oh, this is good. Thinking, oh, I love it over here because they are teaching me about grace and it's healing and it's a restorative power and then here's what i did i did what maybe some of you have done before when you're at a concert you're at a rally you're at a church service you're at a ball game you're focused on the product that's in front of you and you just take a minute to kind of survey the room you look over like let's say i'm at a show i'm at the mule house and i look over and oh hey there's mike and his wife you know i'm I'm focused on the show but I look over and see you, and if it's if I'm glad that I saw you, it's edification, right? Like, hey, that happens at church. Sometimes you look over at church, and it's, oh, hey, there's so-and-so, my man. And then you go back to worshiping like it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. 
they are preaching this message. It is so good. It's about grace. It's about restoration. And I look over to my left, and I see this lady. And let me tell you something, listeners. I know stuff about this lady. I know stuff about this lady to the point where she was the evil person in a story that we had going on around town. She was the offender in a story that everyone knew about it. You know what happens sometimes? Sometimes the story gets real hot. It gets real hot, and you think about that person, you're like, oh, they are so bad. What they did is so horrible. And then something gets resolved or something gets finalized, whatever it might be, and you never really follow up with the character. You never look back and think, oh, what happened to that person? Well, here I am, hearing this message, loving this message, looking over to the left and seeing her, somebody that I probably talked about pretty poorly five years ago, and I did this. How is she here? You you go to church? Like, what what are you doing here? Like, I know all the stuff about you. How How are you here? And then you know what I'll audaciously do? Go back to the stage with my eyes and listen to this wonderful message about what, Coach? Grace. Grace. Restoration. <laughs> and here's the whole deal, y'all. <laughs> Everything I said about her can be and should be said about me from my creator. How are you here? He should. He should say, how are you here? He should say, it is audacious that you come before me to worship today. And here's the thing, y'all. You ready for this? When it comes to grace, it's a reality. It's a realization that none of us deserve it. That none of us are worthy. And so grace is that equalizer. Grace is the product or, excuse me, the evidence of our advocate where he steps in for us. Years ago, I was working with a church and we did this event. And the event was called Project Rescue. Okay. And it was this event. And here's what we would do. We would make a list of people that didn't go to the church anymore. Now, for those of you that are church members and you're hearing this, it was not a gossip sheet. It was not a sheet where we said this, all Taft, he's over there and he kind of, he's kind of terrible. It was not where you make this list and you say, oh, Mike, man, he's been backsliding for years. It was not that. We made a list of people, and here was the deal. It could not be people that were active at another church. Those don't count. It was, there's somebody that's not here anymore, and you wish they would be, and you think there's a chance that they wish that too. And then we reached out, and we reached out to these people. It's called Project Rescue, but you are not allowed to reach out like this. Those of you that are non-church people, maybe you're not one anymore. Maybe you've had people reach out to you and they say this, miss seeing you at church. And they may have meant it, but this that's what it sounded like. Mm-hmm. Maybe they meant it like this. Ready? Maybe this was their intent. I miss seeing you at church. But it came across like this. Miss seeing you at church. Right? Like it, it came across that way, like like the way that we weaponize some phrases. There's nothing more powerful than somebody that tells me this. If coach looks at me today and he says, I'm praying for you, there's nothing more powerful. You're taking my name to the throne of God. But you know what we weaponize sometimes? I'll pray for you. You know, <laughs> like, like, like you say it until so it can be that way. So we say, you're not allowed to say that. The way that we are going to engage and spark Project Rescue is we're going to say this. It's crazy. You lead with this. I'm sorry. 
One of the most disarming things that you can say to somebody is, I'm sorry. And then you can lead with, I'm sorry that we're not together anymore. You can lead with, I'm sorry for whatever this church has done. Like, I'm sorry for whatever has kept you from from being with us. I'm sorry that we don't get to do life together anymore. And so we had this, and we reached out to people. I told them, I said, you have to lead with, I'm sorry. And, Coach, it was beautiful. Now, you and me are both smart enough to know it wasn't 100%. Right? Like, there weren't people that were doing it. But the first fruit of our labor at that church, y'all, I want you to hear this story, is a lady who, she receives this communication with the church, and you know what she had thought for years? Nobody cares. She had thought for years, I don't don't matter, you know, we went cross for whatever reason. So somebody reaches out and says, hey, I'm sorry, I love you. She comes back. She comes back and she walks into that church building. And she walks into the church building, and in the structure of this church, the leadership is called elders. And I want to educate you real fast. That's a group of men, and they don't wear special robes. Uh, They don't do anything that's super fancy. For those of you that might not know this, they are men who they study biblical qualifications that, that are written about in the Bible, and they believe that these are people that are not they're not like specifically paid officials, not elected in the way you would normally think of with a vote, but they are people that the church has said, this is a good man. This is a man who is good, not because of his merit, because of the grace of God, and because of the grace of God, he does some things in his life that, that, are, that are really beautiful, and so he serves as an elder. And so they, they help with shepherding the people of the church. Well, this lady walks in, and the first man she encounters is this elder. And she's standing at the back of the church, and the service is fixing to start. And she says to him, she says, it's crazy that I'm here. And he kind of puts his arm around her, and he says, tell me a little bit more about that. And she said, I don't deserve to be here. She said, I look around here, and I realize a feeling sometimes of I don't belong. And he goes, why do you think you don't belong? And she said, because I'm a mess. And she said, the building should collapse when I walk in. She said, I'm not worthy to be here. She goes, I, I can't be here. And she says, the way my life is going right now, church feels like the last place I should be. He grabs her a little bit tighter with that arm, coach, and he says this. I mean, I've watched the whole thing happen. He grabs her a little bit tighter with his arm, and he goes, you don't feel worthy? And she goes, nope. He goes, you don't feel qualified? And she said, nope. He goes, you feel like you're a mess? And she said, well, you're a pretty good listener. Yeah, that's that's basically what I said. And he looks at her, and this is a church leader. He says, you are absolutely right. And I'm like, whoa, don't say that. But that was what I nearly thought. And he takes his hand, and he swipes it kind of like over the whole crowd in front of her. And he, he looks at all of them at the back of their heads. They're just getting ready to worship. And he says, none of us are. None of us. Here's the beautiful thing about that story. This man was 60 late 60s when he was encountering this young lady and what she didn't know is that in canada this man we were now in south atlanta then canada this man had been a petty thief and he'd been a petty thief and he had decided one of the greatest places for him to break into was churches if he could break into a church, for those of you thieves out there, listen up. All right, he could break into a church because they're only occupied 1.5 days a week, and on most churches there were places that he could hide out, 
and he can hide out and get some warm nights because people weren't coming by, lots of people all the time, like the business. And he fell asleep in one of these churches on the front row. And he fell asleep on the front row, and he woke up to the preacher standing over him. And the preacher was standing over him. Now I want churches to think for a minute. I want you to think about your preacher. Is your preacher a tough guy? Like if like if a, if a thief wakes up and is looking at your preacher, what do they hear? Welcome to the church. Or do they hear, oh, what are you doing here? Right? Like, I don't know. I don't know what your preacher's like. Okay? Sorry for that voice if I just made him super effeminate. But you, you guys feel me. This preacher looks at him, tells him to get up, and he gets up. And the preacher winds up doing life with him, walking with him, baptizes this man, this thief. And then you want to double down or triple down? The thief was Perry, who winds up getting baptized, obedient to the gospel, marrying the preacher's daughter. Coach and I both have daughters, right? Like the story's fine and cool up until the fact that old boy married the preacher's daughter. Went on to have three strapping young boys. Went to Bible college with me. One of them works for a group right now called Apologetics Press that does a whole lot with defense of of the gospel. Y'all, here's what I want you to know. Grace did that. Grace, in a full circle moment here, made it to where that man, that elder, could stand in that church and tell a girl... You feel unqualified? Guess what? You're absolutely right. None of us are. You know what she? You know who she thought she was talking to, Coach? This old church man, this guy, not the guy who was breaking into places in Canada and wound up doing that. Y'all, this is what I want you to hear. And if you feel like I'm preaching, welcome, welcome to the service because this is what it does. This is how it changes lives. And there's somebody in your life right now somebody there's somebody i promise you in your life right now who needs a little bit of grace and there's a song that we've sung for years called amazing grace right if you don't know it google it look it up it's an old hymn there's some new versions to it and i heard a man say one time and i've shared on this show before that you cannot really sing the words to amazing grace in a powerful way until you have been equally amazed by your sin. Like, and that's why Amazing Grace is one of my favorite songs. I'm going to be real to sing by, I've talked to Coach a lot about my drug addict friends. I love singing church songs by them because they are they have a real tangible feeling of, of pain and conflict. And you sing a song like that next to him, and the line that says, that saved a wretch like me, like, let me tell you what a wretch looks like. Like, because my friends that have worked through addiction, they're the ones that they own it. There's no more hiding, no, no more pretending. And so we're going we're gonna to send you into a break here with this message, okay? The same way we started this, this section of our show, the greatest thing you will ever be is a child of God's grace. And what that means is that any earthly title you hold, like my boy Perry, who had the title of elder, like Coach Mike, who has the title of coach, 
Like, I have the title right now of struggling dad. Like, all of those things in my our lives make it to where the greatest thing we have is that we're a child of God's grace. And what happens is that it makes us better at those roles because of an understanding for other people. We'll be back soon here on Circle Unbroken. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. We have advertised with WKRM and WKOM for the past several years and found it to be very successful. I highly recommend advertising with them if you have a local business like ours. We're located at 1608 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. We're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6 and Saturdays from 8 to 2. Stop by Holland's for all your prescription needs where we have fast, friendly, courteous service. We custom fit support hubs for you also. Thanks for supporting Holland's and WKRM and WKOM. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. 
Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Did you know that 70% of Americans age 65 or older will need some form of long-term care in their lives? And even more frightening, 7 out of 10 people who go into long-term care will become completely impoverished within one year. It doesn't need to be that way. You do not need to go broke in the nursing home. Call Perchowski Estate Law to learn how you can protect your life savings and hard-earned property from the high cost of long-term care. Call me at 931-363-7222. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. back for the last section here of Circle Unbroken. And we have really been getting into the subject today of grace and how the greatest thing that you'll ever be is a child of God's grace. I'm your host, Taft Ayers, and I got my man Open Mike with me. How are you, sir? I am fantastic. He's fantastic. He is feeling good like he should. All right, so we're talking about grace. We're talking about extending a little bit of grace, and there's something I want to continue to talk about because I started by talking to you about a little passage from Ephesians chapter 2. The second section of our of our show here, we recently talked about a story about a fella, and we read to you earlier Ephesians 2, verses 6 and 7. Now I want to read to you verses 8 through 10, all right? So if you're a Bible flipper, uh, if you're a scroller, if you're looking, if you've never heard the Word of God before, buckle up because this rocks. Here, it says this, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. Now, some of your Bible translations, if you're reading along with me, some will say masterpiece. Some will say craftsmanship. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In verse 8, it says this, for it's by grace you've been saved through faith. And then he says this, and this is not from yourselves, this is the gift from God. There is something powerful that grace does. Grace makes you realize, I've been given something great, 
that I'm never going to be able to repay. Because if I could repay it, it would be something that I could boast about. It would be something that I could do. But because I'm never going to be able to repay that, there are people that you may know, and some of you that are listening to this that we said earlier that might not be believers, maybe if you're like me, you've spent some time, and maybe you've made fun of people that are church people. You know why you made fun of them? Not only do you think they're hypocritical at times, but maybe you've made fun of them because <laughs> they think that they can do enough. They think that they can not talk this way, not watch this, not act this way, and they're going to get like these special Christian points, right? And some of us have acted that way to make you think that that's how we believe. Like basically, I leveled up. I got 50 points. All right, I reached this next level of Christianity uh, because I didn't curse this week. And I'm not making fun of people that live holy lives or people that don't, don't have craziness going on. What I'm saying is that it tells us that you would not boast, that you would not brag, okay? Because so many people that live a certain way can think that. I want to tell you this. The people that are trying to repay God's grace are going to have a miserable relationship. If you're living right now and there's somebody that you're trying to repay and you have to think about repaying them every day, you've got a miserable relationship. But what about the person that extends you grace? What about the person that says, hey, you don't owe me that anymore? What about the person that says, hey, we're not going to talk about this problem anymore? You've been released. You've been forgiven. Every day you're going to try to live as somebody who's grateful to them. And I don't mean indebted to them like, oh, yes, master. But I mean you're going to live every day in a way where you not repay. But hear this. This is a really important term. You respond. You respond to that grace. All right. So we're here in Columbia recording this. As a kid, I grew up going to the municipal auditorium. And yes, I'd get my tetanus shot afterwards. But I would always go to the municipal auditorium. And y'all, I'd go there for everything. I'd go there for WWF. I'd go there for preaching revivals. I'd go there for concerts. But my favorite thing to go for, newsflash, I'll tell you about how weird I am. I loved going for the circus. I would go for the circus. I went three times in a row in a stint in my life where I went. The circus came, Taft went. Circus came, Taft went. Circus came, Taft went. And my favorite thing to look at and my favorite thing to watch, y'all, was the men and women who would go across the tightrope. They would walk across this wire above all of us. So picture this. Young, big-headed Taft, chomping on his popcorn, sitting with his grandfather, looking up at these people that are going across this wire, right? They're, they're walking the rope, and they're, they're doing it. And you, you can picture it, hands out, feet together, they're balanced, and they're going. And if they would make it across one time, then those suckers would grab a buddy, put them on their shoulders, and go back across it. Then they might grab a, a bicycle, I mean a scooter, crazy stuff, and go back across it. And you know what we're doing the whole time? Ooh. Ah, we're watching it. And I remember thinking to myself, this is how I'm built. This is fantastic, Coach Mike Ward. What would happen if they fail? Like if one of them falls right now, are they going to splatter on this concrete? Will we get to the Lions next? Like, like, are we really? Like, what? This would be a showstopper if they fail. And I remember it was my third year there. I was a little kid, little kid, then I grew up a little bit. And I remember saying to my grandfather, he would always take me back. I remember saying to him, wouldn't it be wild if one of them just slipped and fell? 
and he spoiled it for me. He goes, "Not really, not really. Are you, are, Grandy? Are you sadistic? Like, what do you mean, not really?" He goes, "Have you not noticed? There is a huge net underneath us that's as big as our house." And there's a net down here. And I go, no, I've never noticed because what they would do for me as a little kid, they would draw my attention to it. And I would watch it. And then when it ends, I'm just thinking about the next thing. Well, the adult would look and would go, there's a huge net here. And actually what winds up happening at the end of it, that's how they get off. Like They wind up on the net. I had never noticed that. But then here's what I learned. Never did I see somebody in the middle of their walking up the tightrope, in the middle of the rope, stop, look at us, laugh, and basically give you this laugh of I can do whatever I want, there's a net there, and do a backflip off of it into the net. No, no, no. That would be taking advantage of the net. What they did instead, those people knew there was a net there. You know, joke was on little taff, right? They knew there was a net there. So you know what they would do? They would keep moving confidently. They would keep trying things and doing things knowing there was a net. They never backflip off and said, I can just jump into this net and do whatever I want here in the middle. They kept moving confidently because there was a net. Folks, that's grace. I don't get sloppy drunk on Friday night and then turn around and say this, well, there's grace. I don't go and cheat on my wife and get with every girl I can get with and then turn around and say this, well, there's grace. I don't go and spend all of our family's money and then turn around and look at my family and be like, well, there's there's grace. You know, I don't do that. That would be taking advantage of something, just doing whatever I wanted to with my flesh because there's this net here. But you know what we do? We walk along confidently. We keep moving, trying to do more, trying to be better, trying to show God to other people not because we're awesome, but because he is. And because there's that grace that saves me, because there's that net that is there for me, I can keep living confidently every day, not taking advantage of it in a negative way, but keeping on moving confidently because of it. And here's what I want you to hear, folks. When you are saved by Jesus Christ, When you, as we talked earlier about the door, when we walk through the door, if you think about salvation being a house, you think about Jesus holding the door, everything that coach talked about, when I walk through the door of baptism, I am in the house of God and I am in that house of God. Uh, He tells me there's many rooms, right? I'm combining all the scriptures here, but they work. Okay. And as I am somebody who has lived my life in a positive way like this, I do not continue to do good things in my life so that I can be saved. I do them because I am saved. I do great works. I do things that look like a Christian, that sound like a Christian, not so that I can continue to be saved, but I do them because I am saved. And let me tell you what I mean. Listen, listen, folks. Let me tell you what I'm saying. When I finish recording this show today, I got a meeting that I got to get to, and I decide, you know what? On the way, I'm going to feel super romantic, 
and I'm going to stop by Kroger. <laughs> I'm going to stop by Kroger. I'm going to pick up some because I'm thrifty. I'm going to I'm going to pick up some you know economical <laughs> flowers, and I'm going to take those home to my wife. I'm going to put them in a vase, and I'm going to I'm going to set them out for her. And I'm going to give her this gift. I'm not going to give her this gift of this bouquet and then do this. Are you ready? Set them down real nice. Put them down there and get them ready for her and then do this. Here, here's your gift. Are we still married? That, that would be the worst relationship in the world. I'm not going to go and book her a getaway somewhere. I'm not going to buy her her favorite thing, hand it to her and go, you're still my wife, right? That, that's a weak relationship if it's based on what I can do for her. But hear me, folks, because I'm married to her, I will get her gifts. Because I'm married to her, I will do nice things. The reason that I will do that is because we're in that relationship, not because I'm trying every day to stay in that relationship. Like That's fear-based. All right. And so here's what I want you to know. That's what grace does. Grace covers you in the sense of I'm in this. I I have this. Nothing that I deserve. And here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that Christians for too long have told people that they've got to have that. They've got to do that. That's something that they must do. The same way those of you that are listening right now who might be single. Maybe for years people have told you this. Oh, you need to get married. You need to get married. That's something that you must do. You have got to get married. And they have told you this, and they sound like that old Beyonce song, right? You better put a ring on it. Like they are telling you you better get married. And that person is turning around, looking around and saying this. Hey, yeah, yeah, I'll get married if all these people that are telling me I should would actually act like they like their spouse. If you act like you really like them, show me something worth doing, then I will do it. And here's what I'm saying to the Christians. To the Christians that are listening to this right now as we talk about grace, maybe it's time for us to stop telling people that they have to be obedient. To stop telling people that they have to get baptized. And listen, maybe we should start showing people why they would want to. Maybe we should start showing them in our lives why grace and why baptism and why all of these things take place in our lives as a fruit, as something that is great, as something that is precious, and let them see it as opposed to them always just hearing about it with no match here. The greatest thing you will ever be is a child of God's grace. And if you listen to this message today and you think Taft is on one, you are absolutely right. I am on the message of grace today. And I got coach giggling because of the things that I'm saying. But I want you all to know this. We've made it harder than it really is. We have muddied it down. You can be compassionate and convicted at the same time. I love the word of God. And I love sinners. And I know what has happened in my life is the word of God has transformed me in my life and taken me out of some crazy situations. If you stop and if you pause, you might realize you're in a crazy situation today. And that grace 
can get you out of the mud. We love you here on Circle Unbroken. my window on one cold 